0: Hello, I'm Rachel Richards and welcome to Teenagers Untangled, where we combine research by experts and ideas from other parents to solve your problems. As a parenting coach, I saw the incredible power of getting people together to share ideas and support each other. So welcome, pull up a chair and let's begin. Coming up in this podcast, we discuss Mark's question about money. His teenager is asking for an allowance, but his dad says he's already spending a fortune on him that he doesn't seem to appreciate. To discuss this, I'm joined by Susie Asley, mindfulness coach and mum to three teenagers. Hi, Susie. Hi there. But first, our teenagers are growing up in a world of TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. These places are full of barely dressed people talking freely about body positivity and sex. Porn is easily accessible so it's hardly surprising that they might have a different view of what's acceptable to someone who's my age. In fact the digital changes have been so rapid that even my 27 year old stepdaughter sometimes shrugs and says she feels old. In our last episode we talked about consensual sex between 16 year olds. So what about sexting which is the sending receiving or forwarding of sexually explicit photographs or images of oneself now here's what's confusing 16 year old is the consensual age for sex in the UK in the eyes of the law any sexual images of a person under 18 are deemed child pornography and that's even when the person sending them is the creator what do you think susie did you talk to your teenagers about sexting how prevalent it is and
1: yeah i mean i have two 14 year olds and a almost 17 year old and um i did knowing I was doing this podcast with you about sexting, I did have a conversation with them, all of them. And um, they surprised me in a way. Um, and we've talked about it, but not recently. Um, they were like, well, why would you do that? We know that you shouldn't. So we don't. So if you did, that would be daft. And then the conversation felt quite closed, which was really interesting. They've just been told, you know, almost indoctrinated, do not do. Um, and was
0: that something you discussed with them?
1: Yeah, I did discuss it with them quite a while ago. There was an incident at their school um, which kind of exploded, as they do, and somebody had shared something, which is always the problem. Um, and we discussed it then, and school have discussed it various times, and they,
0: they seem to have just understood that do not do. It's so interesting because my daughter had a class at school where they were teaching about sexting. And the person running it said, so can anybody think of a reason why you shouldn't sext? And there was silence. And she put her hand up and said, "Uh, because it's illegal at our age. And she said, there were a few, what, what, what? And she said, you could just look around and see who'd been doing it and hadn't realised. And that to me says that Perhaps that school there hadn't been an incident of you know outing someone who'd done this, but it was clear that that had happened that discussion was happening happening later than it should in yeah. a sense and it's hard for schools, i think to judge exactly when you should start talking about this, which is why it's important for ask parents at home to be having these conversations.
1: Yeah, and the age thing, that surprised me. Mm. I
0: I presumed it was 16, but 18. I mean the the difference between 16 and 18 is huge. huge. And here and in terms of the facts, I looked at research compiled by cultureframed.org, which is an organization that's trying to educate parents about our hypersexualized society. They have a course that you can do for free. And they say that one in seven under 18-year-olds sends sex messages, while one in four receives them. So think about that ratio in your child's class. That is huge. It's huge, isn't it? And and here's the scary bit. One in eight who have received a message say they sent it to others without the sender's consent. Now, (laughs) it's a very interesting example that happened this holiday where... Um, a boy who's a friend of my daughter's, who's just a lovely boy, and they've always had a really good relationship, uh, sent her this this picture, which was of his torso. And um, it was slightly suggestive. And uh, she was shocked because she wasn't, that's not their relationship. And the thing is, if I had that torso, I'd be sending it to other people because <laughs> it's a great torso. Uh, but what what, and she laughed and she, <laughs> because she was shocked and then showed it to all of us so this is a room of quite a few people and um, what was happening there I think was he was trying to sort of move the relationship into a, a different area, different space she's not ready and or doesn't want that but in showing it to us first of all he probably doesn't know that when he sent that we all saw that picture and thankfully it wasn't anything we should worry about it was very innocent in a way um but I said to her oh my goodness you know God, it's to, 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 to screenshot it and she said no mommy I can't do that it's on snapchat you know it, it tells you if you've been screenshotted yeah. and I said oh okay I pulled out my phone and took a photo of it without asking her and she said oh no mommy you can't that and I said obviously I'm going to delete it but I just want you to see how easy it is shocking right so I now have a photo he didn't send it to me everybody in the room has seen it so imagine if that was something a bit more personal Mm. and he's in his world and hasn't really thought about what's happening in your world so this was a very good yeah, good example from my children and those are sweet exchanges just to be clear what's scary is that girls are increasingly being groomed to do this. In 2020, the Internet Watch Foundation, which is the organisation I will link in the podcast information, because they are tasked with taking down these images that have been uploaded into, you know, and shared around when people don't want them shared. They confirmed that 68,000 cases of self-generated imagery had to be taken down in 2020. And here's the worst thing about it. In 80% of those cases, the victims were 11 to 13 year old girls. I
1: think that's just. Which
0: is mind blowing. So, actually, your children are beyond that age group. And it seems to me that these are particularly vulnerable years because we think our children are still quite innocent and perhaps we're not having those conversations with them. We need to start earlier. We need to start, you give them a phone and an ability to take a photo, mm. they need to understand what that entails. Yes. So the next question is, why are they sexting? Why are they doing this? Mm. Susie. So research shows us that
1: can be seeking someone's approval. There's a long distance or an online relationship where there's a desire to have a sexual relationship, feeling confident in their looks. They want to share with other people.
0: Which is what happened in, in my case
1: yes. Yeah. And that's kind of fun, isn't it? It's just a, a way of sharing. Peer pressure. Perhaps they're feeling pressured to sex as a way of proving their sexuality or perhaps as a result of harassment, threats or blackmail, which is, of course, a little bit more sinister.
0: That's a really good point, Susie, because the research that I saw says that less than 8% of young women who send nude pics actually want to do it. It's very upsetting. Yeah. So I suppose the question is, what do we do? And we need to talk to our children, both to protect them from creating the images but also so that they're not going to be viewed as sex offenders in the eyes of the law. When my children were in that age group, that sort of 11 to 13-year-old age group, my daughter came to me and said, oh my God, I've just seen this boy asking for nudes. Mm. Now, he shouldn't be doing that. And does he know he shouldn't be doing Mm. that? And what the consequences of that are. To protect our children, the advice is to actually just take an interest in their online life. Yeah. Perhaps what we should be doing is having organic conversations about, you know, what they post about themselves, where they post it. Do they post their feelings online? What sites do they post on? What draws them there? Mm. And and what kind of attention are they looking for? What what, what matters to, why, you know, why do they need to do these things? And not in a, an accusative way. It's just this kind of, oh, so, you know, what do you say and how much information are you giving? Mm. So that they know where the where the 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 borders are
1: yeah that gives them also an idea of what what they're using the social media for doesn't it that's a really good awareness with this because it is so black and white being black and white with it early and and separating it and we talked about this earlier you're separating and also it's the law which is seems very um, black and white in this case don't do it you know really simple messaging just don't take these pictures and for goodness sake don't send them But then separating that, which I think is really important from what they're doing, which is simply being natural young people who are curious about their sexuality and curious about the other sex's bits. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they want to see it's the whole, you know, you show me yours, I'll show you mine behind the bike sheds. But that was never photographed. The problem is the digitalization of it. The problem isn't the curiosity and the. The, the excitement about it. So it's like a, a double edged thing, really, isn't it? To be really, really clear and, and emphasize the seriousness of, of the digitalization of these images and the sharing of it, because they can have hideous consequences. You know, rightly or wrongly, that is how the law is right now. Um, but keeping light and beautiful, the parts that are just natural curiosity for somebody Absolutely. else's body.
0: Absolutely. And start those conversations really young because I know that I was quite explorative below the age of 10 mm. but I was doing it around my friends' houses yeah. and I think my parents didn't even think that I might no. be interested in some other boys' no. genitals but for me it was just fun Yeah. and unfortunately we've, you know, particularly with lockdown we've shut our children in rooms, we've yes. given them digital devices yeah. and and clearly we've let the wolf into the room.
1: Yeah, and doing it within a context of, of not shaming because whenever shame is involved which it often is in subjects like this then that's immediate shock. Shut down, you know. Um, not oh, you sharing. don't understand. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're you know making them feel wrong for showing their bodies, and then that's that can have you know huge consequences of how they feel about their bodies and how they feel
0: about themselves in a social setting. I always like to talk about rather than saying don't do this. I like to say, so this was my, what might happen. So yeah. I would say you've got a beautiful body, yeah. and you would you show it to a boy you really liked. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Because, you know, you can, you can have so much fun. It's like a playground. Yeah. But would you then go and show it to every boy in your school? Yes. No, of course you wouldn't. Well, that's what could happen if you sent a digital image to a boy you really liked, because he may not even yeah. have control over it. That's a really good way of, of expressing it to, to kids. And I think the adolescent boys, we must talk to them about yeah. it as well. They come under enormous pressure. Sport academics, yeah. sex. And with the sex, sometimes you get competitions who can get the most nude pics. Yeah. This is this oh, is a classic. Nice. Um, you know, I, when my husband was, uh, you know, at school age, boys used to, you know, the, the cool boys would be able to bring a stash of porn into the school and hand it round. Right. And people, they were like, whoa, you're such a god. And, oh, oh. you know, that's not the thing now. So, so you uh, have to accept that this could be one of the things that they're pressurised to do. Status. And I think we need to Ask our boys, you know, why would you feel entitled to demand a picture from a girl that you like? Why would you do yeah. that? Actually put the pressure on them to think about the consequences for either side. It happens to boys, too, where if they've shared an image, it could get shared around yes. and shame them as well. Yes. So don't just think it's a free pass for boys and make them understand that this is a, actually a legal offence mm. and that it's not, it's not funny. It's not um, something to be proud of, or and if what upset me was when I found out that um, when a girl had been caught out, the response by other girls was, "Oh my God, she's so you know, why would you do yes. that? What a you know, what a slut, whatever." Well, actually, I pushed back and said, "Don't you think you should be shaming the person who shared the photos mm. because this is a deeply personal thing she's done in trust." And we should be making the people who share this stuff think twice about yeah. what they're doing.
1: There is still a gender bias, isn't there? The unconscious bias of the boys or they're just having fun.
0: Signs that something bad's happened. The child becomes more withdrawn, begins acting quite differently or changes in their mood and eating habits. Mm. We have to tell them that they can come to us if things go wrong. Yes. We have to say, if you make a mistake, it's OK. Please, please, please yes. tell us this straight away. Yes, absolutely. Because we can help you.
1: Yeah. If it's done as a massive mistake from silliness in schools then then nobody wants those kids to have you know records and no nobody wants that at all nobody so dealing with it in a proportionate way with you know compassion and and educating and discussing however of course if it's you know an outside predator then you know straight to the police
0: predator police other children it's finding ways of removing the images you know we have to stop blaming the girls who get caught out
1: yeah and and start start early start early
0: starting early that's the big message do you have experience in any of these issues we'd love to hear from you find us on facebook and instagram and susie's own website next we're going to talk about money and teenagers but i just wanted to mention my experience after our last episode when we were talking about conversations with our teens and in that, I mentioned Daniel Siegel's advice on having reflective conversations, which I I'd never really called it that, but I found it so helpful this week. My daughter was uh, had I would take her device away from her at night and charge it up. This one particular evening, I'd spent all evening trying to fix a problem with the technology, and it got really late. I sent her to bed. I had the device. And I left it near Wi-Fi so that it could update and didn't plug it in. So the next morning, she's got a device now that's at 20% and she's fuming. It's all my fault. I've just been scraping ice off the windscreen of the car, but she's not focused on that. And... If if I'm attacked, I will attack back. I'm very even-tempered normally, but this morning was really not... I'm not a good morning person either. So uh, instead of trying to explain to her how it had happened, which would have been quite convoluted, I simply attacked back. And the worst thing I did was... You know, trawled through the reasons why she has this phone in particular because of all the mistakes she's made in the past, and and I do have an unwritten rule in the house that you, once somebody's made a mistake, you discuss it. You know, talk about what happened and then move on. So trawling through old old behaviour is a terrible thing because they can never move on. Mm. It's not a nice thing to do. So, but you're a human being. I'm a human <laughs> being. <laughs> so we departed not on good terms. I said, have a nice day. <laughs> and um yeah she's down the door and on the way home and then for a a little bit after that I just reflected on it I thought I'm going to have this reflective conversation where I really tried to unpack exactly what had gone on there and why it had gone wrong and it calmed me down because I realized that I was cross with myself for not charging the phone because this is something that matters to her um and then everything stemmed from all these other things that I'd been doing for her which I felt hadn't been thanked so I then sent her a message saying, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get cross with you. And uh, it was because I was angry with myself. Mm. And then when she came home that evening, I then went through the stages I'd gone with my reflective conversation about what had happened there and all the things that had caused me to let fly and said, it's really unacceptable for someone to trawl out all the old mm-hmm. stuff, just so you know that. And it was the most helpful conversation I probably have in quite a long time. Because mm. she saw how to go through those stages. She also saw that I was genuinely sorry. And then she was genuinely mortified that I had been doing all those other things and she'd been ungrateful. Oh wow. Amazing. So yeah, I, I just wanted to mention it because yes. I thought that this is one of those wonderful scenarios that helped me yeah. <laughs> from yes. doing this podcast. Brilliant.
1: Fantastic.
0: So now on to Mark's question. What do I do about pocket money for my teenager? He's asking for an allowance, but I already seem to be spending a fortune on him while he doesn't really appear to understand the value of things. Susie, where are you with the whole allowances, pocket money? It's
1: tricky, isn't it? And when they get older, they have more, they both have more needs financially, but they also have more ability to
0: earn money. (laughs) They do, Um, yes. Very good point there. I mean, my friend's daughter and son both have weekend jobs. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: Um, and, and, you know, then do you, do you also pay for them to do things in the house? That's a whole area itself, isn't it? You know, there's the whole, well, actually they should be doing things because they are a member of the family. Why, you know, do I need to pay them to do that? Um, but then if I pay them, that's giving them an idea of, you know, well,
0: the, the the problem with that is that I, I have tried a little bit of that in the past. Like, you know, you have to empty the dishwasher. The problem is that then they assume that that's their only job. Yes. And you think, well, no, 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 no like, that is not what it takes to run yeah, a house. And so, in well, a way, when you attach it to very specific things, yeah, you're then yourself
1: in terms of yeah. their yes, responsibilities. Absolutely, absolutely. Totally agree. And then I get caught up in the whole... Um, well actually I really want to do those things for you because it's kind of part of being a nurturing parent I, I you know I want to be able to make you know bring you up a snack even though I know you can you're perfectly capable of doing it yourself or you know put your clothes away even though if I leave them on the floor you know you you can do that yourself whether you choose to or not is a whole different matter <laughs> Um, but part you know part of it being a nurturing mother I, I like doing that but not every time. So then you're kind of flitting in and out
0: a little bit. Yeah. I think there's a massive range of options depending on your circumstances. In Mark's scenario, we don't have the age of the teenager, but I suspect the answer needs to be very different for an 11 year old compared with, say, an 18 year old. Firstly, for a lot of parents, there won't be any spare money for allowances, and many say that they expect their teenager to do jobs around the house and find work to pay for their own treats. Regardless of your financial situation, I believe it's very important that teenagers begin to understand the realities of life, how hard it can be to make money, and then how important it is to spend that money wisely. Tracy told us that she's just set up an allowance for her son. She's given him £15 a week, which might sound like a lot, but it's designed to mop up any of his extra spending and he's expected to save so that he has spending money in the holidays. Natalie changed her system, giving all of her boys an allowance instead of pocket money. She says the nagging stopped. It's made a massive difference to their attitudes. They now hesitate before buying things and are far more inclined to save up so that they can get things they really want. So in terms of what I would say to Mark, he says he's already spending a fortune on his son. Well, I had this scenario... I then thought, well, if I'm spending that money already, why don't I just tot it up and then give it to them and say, that's your responsibility now. You manage that Mm -hmm. because it makes them think about what they're spending and whether the things that they normally would beg for are things they want to spend their own money on or whether they would be better off spending that money somewhere else. They got an allowance once they went to senior school and it involved me sitting them down and I'm quite formal about this. And I said to them, right, I'm now going to give you an allowance. Here's what it includes. And I went through all the things it includes. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't expect you to ask me for any of these things now. That's your responsibility. Don't come to me asking for this stuff. And I, it's a headache for me. I'm not giving you this money so you can spend it. I'm giving you this money so you can think about it. Mm-hmm. These are like your training wheels. And what I used was a bank called Revolut, which is a challenger bank. There are other banks. Some people use GoDaddy. I didn't because they charge and I don't see why I should be spending money on a facility like this, frankly. I don't want this to turn into an advert for Revolut. But what I find useful is that I can see their accounts on my app. I can put money in and I can choose for it to go in regularly so I don't have to think about it. I can look and see what they're spending money on. I can also withdraw money from their account. I can also set up targets. Yeah, I want to encourage them to do something. I can set that up. They can tick it when they think they've done it. And then I can give them the money if I think they, I agree. So it's actually very, very useful, again, set of training wheels. The problem with it is, for example, one of my daughters was talking about Sheen. Mm. and i said darling don't shop with sheen don't it's so bad for our environment and the poor people have to make the garments and you know i started explaining how i felt that this was not a suitable place to be spending your money and she nodded and went yeah 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 okay yeah 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 and then <laughs> went upstairs and the next thing i got a ping on my phone and it was she'd <laughs> shopped at she <laughs> of <course you> did. <laughs> and i just thought you know the thing is that I just let it go because I thought it's her money. Yeah. And all I can do is explain to her my values. And if she disagrees, well, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I told you not to. Yeah. So you have to let it go. It's very valuable sometimes to be able to withdraw money. For example, you remember those days when you had to pay some money and, you know, the window cleaner's been and you need mm. some cash and you don't have the cash. And so you could just go into your child's bedroom and go in. <laughs>
1: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, Yes, done that. Definitely done
0: that. <laughs> so, but the great thing is with the app, you can just withdraw the money using the app. How cool is that? So I did that the other day. Unfortunately, I have a child who actually monitors her app. Mm. And I <laughs> I got an instant message saying, Mummy, have you just taken money out of my account? <gasps> and what for? <laughs> I felt like a naughty child. Oh, so, <laughs> Well, you've taught her well. She's monitoring I've it. Thought, I've taught her well. It's a little bit scary, but mm. it's enough for them to do things. It's not enough for them to not do things. So they do need to supplement it from time. If they want more, I could yeah. say, well, you can wash the car. You can, you know, and included in that, if they're sitting there and I've I cooked, we've had our supper and I say, right, you clear up. And if they are going, I say, you, remember you have all these allowances and I'm not expecting things from you, but I do expect you to mm. contribute to the house Yes, and then no arguments. And then the, the other thing I did when my, one of my older children had had this for a year was I said to her, so what about, you know, a review. And she said, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, presumably you want more. And she said, Oh, uh, I didn't, what I didn't know that was an option. And I said, uh, huh. So, uh, if you go to work and you've been given a salary each year, you should be trying to get more. And the reason for that is, number one, you're more experienced and more useful. And number two, there's something called inflation.
1: I love this. This is brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I explained what index linking is and that if you get given £10 this year and inflation goes up by three pounds, so 3%, then your £10 has now declined in value. Yeah. So unless you start making sure you are keeping up, you're now reducing your salary. For me, this is an important training ground. This is a way to develop responsible adults who think about the various issues involved in in money. Yeah, I need to write this down and do this. <laughs> then my daughter, <laughs> she said, OK, so can I have some more money? And I said, no, you have to ask for it formally and she went what and I said yeah so we'll have a review I've given you this money to for you to learn how to manage it so let's have a conversation about how well you've managed it those are the parameters I've set and you can ask for more she said well can we do it on WhatsApp (laughs) I said no you can't and she hated it. Yeah, Absolutely. it was. She was felt tearful. And I said, I'm going to force you to do this because I don't want the first time you do this to be in a work environment where you're being evaluated. I'd like you to gain a sense of your own worth in an environment where I care about you. Because mm. th- at work, they may not. Mm. They may be trying to push back as much as possible. So, So we went through this negotiation. And she told me what she think, thought she'd achieved, and then I said, "Right now, I'm going to tell you." And I, I praised her for all the amazing things she'd done, and she was shocked. And I said, "No, no. I mean, I think this is incredible. What you've managed to achieve with your money, and he, you know, I can't actually fault it. Mm. It's been incredible. You know, and that may not be the same with the other one, but you know, I said, so I, I don't have really any particular goals. I think you've done really well." So then she was thinking, "What do I get for that?" And mm. I said, "I don't know. What do you want?" And she hadn't prepared. No, of course. So I said, well, stop this now. Go away and prepare. So she came back and tried negotiating and asking for more money. Yeah. And I said, all right, I prepared to give you this much more, but it's not very much. And she went, oh, okay, okay. And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) I haven't taught you. And I said, the point about a negotiation is don't make it just about one thing. Don't make it just about the money. Because if your employer can't give you any more money, then that's it. Yeah. You're stuck. Come to the table with other things to offer. And a workplace may have um, medical healthcare. They may have longer holidays. I don't know. You know, you need to think about all the possible scenarios that are available in a workplace and also in the home. So what could I give you that would be valuable to you but doesn't require me to give you more money? Brilliant. What did she say? lifts to places um she wanted me to pay for hairdresser appointment right which in a way does involve more money but it was sort of a different thing and um some products that she values but you know so we i can't remember there were other things and um yeah, more freedom. A bit more freedom. Okay,
1: buy your freedom. Like
0: it. Buy your freedom. <laughs> so you know, we, this is this is something to teach our children that when you negotiate, it's not people always focus on these these narrow things yeah. like gr- your you know grades or your just money. Yeah. But let's try and get our children to, children to think creatively about what is out there and what we really want as human beings. I think that's brilliant. Well, more
1: hugs. Going to rethink my financial things <laughs> with my
0: kids okay? you can you can ask the children to cook yes well you can ask them you know to cook a meal once a yeah. week you can ask that they can ask you to cook meals that they as particularly like part of the like. negotiation, part yeah. of the negotiation. Yeah. so as adults we have to think creatively about what we can put in that mix mm. about the things we would like our children to do but get better at yeah focus on and, and teach them also you
1: know what what does it take to earn £10? It's not just £10. £10 is
0: is a lot of work. You know, that's yes. really,
1: really important. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. And then they get really bored and you say, well, that's what you do if you don't have means to, yeah.
1: you know, get a better job. So maybe you didn't really need that burger. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that £10 wasn't well spent. You
0: could know? have taken a sandwich from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any examples of things you've done. Give us your creative ideas about how to manage your child's finances. Are there particular apps you use, banks that you found were more helpful than others? We'd love to hear all your your suggestions. Next time, we discuss what to do about academic motivation and dealing with a child who might not be particularly academic and seems to be struggling at school where it's always prioritised. Our listener question was, my teenager is highly musical, but she's told me she wants to give up playing the piano at grade four. I'm so upset about it because whenever she seems to be good at something, she goes just so far and then gives up and wants to hang out with her friends. If you have any thoughts about this, have you had experience of a teenager giving up before you felt that they should? How did you motivate them to continue? Did you say, "Okay, it's your life, you can do what you want? We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. All the information we've talked about is on our podcast notes. In them, you can also find a link to Susie's new online course, Teaching the Skills of Mindfulness, Help for Teenagers or One-to-One Coaching. Thanks for listening. You can find our discussions on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends. Bye for now.
1: Bye for now.